Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan presents Football at Four. Here's The Drive. Football and Peter Schrager. So, Chad Brown, man, KJ. Um, you had you had uh, Sean Payne come out and just say, "Listen, I, I just won't. I don't want the Gilligan hats." I'm glad he didn't make any "I Dream of Genie" references. KJ, you down with uh, "I Dream of Genie"? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Genie uh, was kind of fine. I'm just saying. That's all right. Genie was kind of fine. I'm just saying. You know what I loved on that show? What? Two different Darrens. Oh no, that was Bewitched. Yes. Sorry, that was that was another. That was. Never mind. Um, on Good Morning Football, here's Peter Schrager talking about how the Broncos haven't earned certain things. You haven't earned that. This is this is a team that hasn't been to the playoffs since 2016. You don't get to be. The Kenny Britton, the T-shirt. You don't get to be you know, Tom Brady sitting there on the side. You don't earn it. And that's including Russell Wilson. This is hard-nosed stuff to me. Like, it was enough to just say Russell's going to play 20, 25 snaps. Fine. That's one thing. But to come out and say, we're not doing interviews. We're not going to be wearing silly hats on the sideline. Like, we're treating this. You haven't earned it. You don't get that. You guys don't deserve. Isn't this some college sure. crap, though? Potentially. Yeah. You know. This is what they hired. <laughs> That's a funny comment, man. Isn't this just a bunch of college crap? It's a little bit of college crap, but who are the Broncos? What have they earned? <laughs> I, I mean, we, I we went on for weeks and weeks and weeks about field day because they hadn't earned that. Right. So you're sending a message. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if Sean Payton knows that in a preseason game, Menelik Watson got engaged. That was, or you weren't working that one, were you? Were you working that one? I was working the next game. Okay. After that one. And so I asked Vance, hey, man. It's what, Vance. It was on Vance's watch. What's happening on the sidelines there? Well, how do you feel about this? And he was like, well, you know, I think the guys respect me and they respect the sideline and the importance of preseason games. And so I accepted his answer, but I certainly did not believe no. that answer. And yeah, that kind of stuff. Come on, man. Yeah, I agree. Eating hot dogs on the sideline, you know. Dude, it's three hours. You're not going to starve to death. I used to have, these are conversations I had with my Little League kids. Right. Because I'm like, yeah, no hot dogs on the bench. And I, I told the parents, no hot dogs. It's a two-hour engagement of activity. Your kid ain't going to die. I, I don't care how hungry he says he is. He's going to live. There's hot dogs in the locker room. So just finish in the locker room before you come out after halftime if you're not playing. There's hot dogs available at halftime? In the preseason games, usually a vet will slip an equipment guy 50 <laughs> bucks to go buy a bunch of hot dogs. How hungry are you? Well, because the pregame meal is served four hours before the kickoff of the game. Right. So, you you know, by that by halftime, if you're not playing and don't have all the juice and adrenaline going, you can be pretty hungry. Okay. So I, I understand the hunger. You're not playing. You but can don't have a hot dog eat it at on the sideline, man. 
Here's uh, Jason McCourty. This was my whole career. Like, I would always have Belichick. a coach stand up there. Belichick on through. Like, Fisher. To, like, we don't do like, – we're, we're in a game. Like, you shouldn't be talking to the media off to the sideline during – that's where after the game. So, that kind of old school – but still. So, okay, so Rodgers shouldn't have done it at the Hall of Fame game? I, I don't have a problem with a coach saying, no, you have teammates on the field that you've been busting your butt with that are playing in the game. Rodgers, while you're doing a post an in-game interview, you could have just helped Zach Wilson on something he might have missed while you've had a headset on. Your guys, like, these are your teammates that are playing, living out their lifelong dream to make a team, and you're on there talking to a TV screen during a game. When you can do that for 30 minutes after the game, why does it have to happen during the game? Our analysis of Training Camp 2023 is presented by Great Range Premium Bison. The interview thing I feel a little different about, I mean, I've just never seen a preseason game, Chad, where the local TV broadcast hasn't had that. I don't think it's that great. I'm not that big of a fan of it. I don't really need it. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. I just haven't seen a broadcast that doesn't have it. Now, I understand where McCourty's coming from. Because in Seattle, every year they wanted to do they wanted to interview me during the game. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, my teammates are still playing. Right. If you guys want to talk right after the game, I'm all in. I got, but my but you teammates refused to do it. I, ref, I was requested and refused to do it. It wasn't like Coach Erickson or Coach Holmgren said no. I just would not do it. That was just my approach to it all. Um, so maybe it's my football upbringing uh, with Coach Brownfield at John Muir High School, or maybe some Bill McCartney stuff. I don't know. But that was my mindset towards it. Interview a coach at halftime? Sure. Interview the owners like we did last year on the Nine News broadcast at the end of the first quarter? Mm-hmm. Great. Do all that stuff. Rod Mackey needs to have a role in the broadcast, so whoever the sideline person is going to be. But it doesn't have to be a player turning his back while his teammates are fighting for their football lives. Yeah, I I always thought when I would see players goofing around and not paying attention, it, it, it always felt a little like, hey, guys, I mean, you know. These dudes out there are scrapping, man. Yeah. This is like, you know, a little respect here, right? Yeah, some of these guys. You can root for him. You can cheer for him like they cheer for you. Game three, you know, literally, it's going to be a night game. Literally less than 12 hours later, some people have played their last football snap. They will be informed that football is over for you forever. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you're laughing and joking, eating hot dogs. No, keep your shoulder pads on. You can unbuckle them. Put your your shoulder pads on. Come out in a jersey and a bucket hat. No hot dogs. No marriage proposals. You know, you're not participating in the raffle. Can you imagine VJ, like, having to put a good face to that? Like, I'm sorry, what happened? Yeah, you're, you're, dude, you're starting right tackle. You got engaged, like, in the third quarter. Yeah. We're not doing that. I'm like, what? Yeah. I mean, I'm happy for him and everything, but you got to be kidding me. Right. I mean, not after the game? You can't wait? How yeah. about after the game? You bring her down. You're walking off the field. The game's over. Or, frankly, what are you doing anyways? You know, I'm, I'm such a unfan, non-fan of the Jumbotron engagements. <laughs> but, I mean, you know. That's an all-timer for me. I've seen the hot dogs snuck on the sideline. Yeah. I've seen guys put on their bulkiest sweatshirt to look like they still had their shoulder pads on. It's like, you're not fooling anybody. But to do the marriage proposal, that 15 years in the NFL, four times an interim coach, that's an all-timer. Well, the interesting thing is how important are these preseason games? Critical. How how much do they – they don't count. I get it. But how much does it matter? I believe they matter quite a bit, particularly for this team with a new coach and trying to install a new culture, a new offense. All those things are important. Here's uh, Russell Wilson now. 
I got to warn you. Sometimes when I, I, I'm sitting there in Russell Wilson's talking, Chad, and oftentimes um, my eyes start glazing over. So, KJ, if, if your eyes start glazing over, boy, you don't have, do you have the uh, don't stop believing? Do you have that handy? Because we are going to talk to Russell Wilson here. So we're going to hear from Russell Wilson. I'm just warning you that um, if your eyes start glazing over, just hang in there. Here's Russell Wilson talking about how great it is to play in the preseason. Yeah, I think the opportunity to play in the preseason, is just, there's three great things that happen, in my opinion. Number one, I think as a player, uh, just stepping in between the white lines. Every time you step in between the light, white lines, it's a gift. You know, that's how I look at it. It's a gift to be able to play the game that we all love. The God has granted us the ability to play. I think the second thing is is that you get to figure out who you are as a team. You know, I think in a lot of ways, uh, mentally, emotionally, uh, to celebrate one another. And I think the third thing is the best part about it all is I remember when I was a rookie. And I remember my first preseason game. I got to play Tennessee Titans. The second one was against Denver Broncos, ironically. And just those moments, uh, those moments are, are things that you'll forever remember. And you want to, you want to, um, you know, for as a, as a veteran, God, this is going to be my 12th year. Um, it's about seeing those guys develop and grow and taking everything they've done at a, a, such a high level on the practice field and seeing it between the white lines on the, on the game field. And uh, that's the opportunity that we have. And we're, we're excited to be a player in front of our fans. You know, in Arizona, our fans obviously travel uh, amazing here, um, here in Denver. So we're excited about that. And so um, just to be able to, you know, uh, lace up the cleats again is a, is a gift. I think the music helps. I think the music actually gets me a little fired up for Russell Wilson. It, it's a perfect song choice. Right? It, it speaks to his earnestness. Yes. Yes. And Because otherwise, I'm like, wake me up, but... When I hear how he talks and the meaning of preseason, I got a little journey pump, and I'm, I think I'm a little more fired up. Now, just for those who just tuned in in the 4 o'clock hour, yeah. you started the show in the first segment talking about no preseason games, ever. But now, due to Journey and Russell Wilson, you're back in. <laughs> this is the drive on the face. Camp 2023, Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. Presents The Drive. Dude, I, I think we did solve something, though. Feel good about this, Chad Brown. You should, because that is the ultimate way to play any Russ sound bites is with Journey Don't Stop Believing underneath it. Let's, let's give us about 15 minutes. We have all sorts of Russell sound, but... Uh, I mean, I was, like, falling asleep during I was, And I'm standing, like, five feet away from him. And like, where's the tooth? I'm like, oh. But you put a little journey behind it, and all of a sudden it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I mean, would that be too much for me at the next press conference just to get journey on my phone? <laughs> Act like it's your ringtone. Just, oh, sorry. My bad. It, it won't shut off. I will right, we'll get at 15 minutes. I got a bunch of rust cuts. We got the don't stop believing. I mean... We'll see what we can do. 15 minutes. Give us a, give us a second. I was laughing um, to myself, as I often do, because really, you know, who wants to hang out with me? And I'm on the bike, doing the best I can. I'm doing the best I can. And I'm listening to Orlando and Nate uh, doing a fine players club show from the Denver uh, DenverSports.com zone, which is so cool. I think it's amazing what's going on over there. 
all the horn honks and the free water and just everything is... is That's giving superior. advice to folks about the police presence. Well, the U-turns. U-turns and I, jaywalking. I saw, I saw a, uh, a motorist pulled over by the popo. Uh-huh. That must, must have violated some of them rules. They don't you know, get you over there. They are some serious. Point. Yeah, yes. it's, not, it's not a joke. Then I, 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 I might have crossed the street illegally on a bicycle and in the, right in front of the popo. Oh, I, be uh, careful. Hey. <laughs> Dang. Dang. And I'm listening to, uh, to Nate in Orlando, and they're talking about you know, Sean Payton saying, uh, "Yeah, we're going to practice everything on Thursday. We're going to run out, and we're going to, you know, you know, practice where to line up and where to practice, and all this sort of stuff. Like, you know, how you do pregame, right? And Orlando just is bashing it. He says, "What a waste of time." Can you believe we'd have to, the, you know, I'd rather just spend more time on the Cardinals or virtually anything else. Hey, man, this is just something you tell the young offensive linemen, follow the old offensive linemen and cornerbacks or whatever, and, you know, you do it once uh, organically and, you know, whatever. And I was listening to it, I was like, well, you know, I don't know. It feels like it's a good thing to just sort of walk through everything at some point. I mean, what's the harm? You know, just be a little organized. But But he was so vehement about it. So then I'm still on the bike, and uh, Chad Brown walks into the to the tent. And Chad Brown, you, had obviously not heard what Orlando had just said. Nope. And you come on, and Nate asks you about it, and your 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 take could not have been more different. Mm-hmm. And you just go, and I'll, I'll let you put it into your own words, but just let me tell you, we got over to the tent, and Brandon Stokely was like, no, he goes, I heard that too. You got to practice all that stuff. So, so what is your take on it as, as juxtaposed to, to what Orlando said? Every team I've ever been on for 15 years as a player, and then in my internships, you took some time the day or the two days before the first preseason game to go over the warm-up procedures. Because if you go out there and it's chaos out there, that lends itself to chaos going into the game. And I know it's a preseason game, and we just discussed why they don't count, but they do matter. So your ability to be organized, to be detailed. For Sean Payton, who has been as detailed as he has been about bucket hats and all these different things about what the conduct's going to be on the sideline, you think he's not going to take the time to make sure everybody knows where they're supposed to go when they go warm up for the first time as Broncos in 2023? Yes, this is going to be different than last year. Will there be some carryover? Does everybody just do some roughly similar things in that pregame warm-up period? They do. But there's enough different that is worth the time to go over. And then also in that, a coach gets a chance to talk about what some guys want to come out before the game and do their own warm-ups. Yeah. Well, if you're going to do that, you know, there's some there's some teams where guys like to come out with no shirt on. Some coaches aren't down with that. So what are going to be the rules? You've got to put rules around surround these things. Otherwise, they're gonna, guys are going to be buck. Can I come out here in my street clothes and catch passes in jeans and tennis shoes? Or do I need to change right. into team gear? Right. You know, what kind of team are you going to be with that? Um, you know, so uh, for Sean Payton to go over this, absolutely critical for Orlando to miss the importance of this. Um, you know, I love my guys in the Players Club, but he was wrong. He was wrong. Okay, wow. I guess I can kind of see it both ways, not to hem and haw too much, but I learned this with my son, so he goes from one college team to another. And the things that are okay on one college team or a summer team, which is like, you know, craziness. All of a sudden, this coach had like, yeah, this coach was screaming at my kid about things that had traditionally been fine. Mm-hmm. But it was like, hey, man, it's, I, I, I was talking to my son. I was like, I don't know, man. It's this, he's the coach. He gets to do it his way. The frustrating part for me, at least with my son, Chad, was the coach didn't make it clear from the jump 
what his rules were. Right. And and so that's where I'm seeing it kind of both ways. Like, I do understand what Orlando's talking about. And, you know, if it's Mike Shanahan and it's year nine with Mike Shanahan, I can see where, you know, it's not really something you got to work on. Hey, younger guys follow the older guys. But it is a brand new guy, you know, and, and nobody's really, you know, been with Sean Payton enough to just assume, hey, here's how we're going to do everything. And I will say this, too. The coaches may be looking around the room like, I don't know. What do we do? Right. How, how, do, how do we do? What, what do you want us to do? Let's make sure. All, right. So as a coaches, they've got to decide what they're going to do. Where are we going to be on the field? Where's the defensive backs going to warm up? They need enough space to be able to catch balls. Linebackers are going to do some shuffle stuff, so maybe some 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 uh, form tackling. But they're also going to do some pass drops and catch balls. Yeah, yeah, You need yeah. to be on a certain place on the field. You don't want your DB and linebacker to run into each other in pregame warm-ups and lose both of them for the game. I mean, we're trying to avoid Keystone Cops at this moment. Oh, can you imagine? I've seen such things can happen you before. you guys getting injured in the pregame warm-ups? I have seen what? such what's, what's things happen before. Can you, do you know a specific example? I've or? seen a DB run into a linebacker because suddenly the linebacker decided he wanted to, to drop deeper. But now you're out of your, our area. We've established areas on the field where we work and warm up. You get out of the area, yes, there's you could run into somebody, idiot, and he did. One thing I do like about Sean Payton, it really does feel like everything, Chad, is going to be covered at least one time. Seriously, there's there's going to be no stone unturned from small things to big things. You know, they haven't worked goal line once. They have not done goal line one time yet in training camp. Mm-hmm. Not one time, but Peyton explained it. He goes, at the end of every half, there's a two-minute drill. And at the end of most games, there's a two-minute drill. He goes, you may find yourself in a goal line situation a dozen or so times a year. Something like that. So I'm like, okay, hey, man, that makes sense to me. They have not worked on goal line yet one time. Not once. I'm sure, positive, they will get to it, Mm -hmm. but they just haven't done it yet. All right, let's work on this Russ stuff. I think this is really going to work because he does go through a bunch of things that I initially found inherently boring, but... There may be a significant new twist to it. That's next. They want to get out. It's Training Camp 2023. Great Range Premium Bison presents The Drive. What's up, C-Mac with Chad? Chad Brown. Chad Brown. KJ. Look, uh, listen. Come on in. We'll have James Marillac coming up in just a little bit. Andrew Mason after 5 o'clock. Got you covered top to bottom. Uh, headlines for the Broncos before we get into Russ. Uh, it was, boy, it happened quick, didn't it, Chad? With Brandon Johnson going down and McGlinchey going down. It like, really felt like, well, it was in the same drill, wasn't it? It was. So on one on one, nine on seven. Yep. Separate uh, drills, but going on at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as Johnson went down first, then you look over to your left a little bit, and there's, uh, did, he, did McGlinchey even go down, or was he just kind of limping around a little bit? Uh, he was rolled up from behind during nine on seven. All right, so he went down a little He went bit. down a little awkwardly from behind. He got up relatively fast. Yep. And to the degree was like, eh, I think he's going to be okay. It, it felt like he was going to be okay, but the first one into the building actually turned out to be McGlinchey before Brandon Johnson. Now, Mike Cliss is reporting this afternoon, there's really nothing to fear with Brandon Johnson. He's going to be okay. So that is, that's great news. Because you just never know. When Jonas Griffith walked off, he walked off with a trainer. 
And it was like, all right, he's kind of limping off, but nah, I don't know. A couple hours later, torn ACL, season's over. You just never know with that stuff, right? right. Mm-hmm. So that was the headlines. McGlinchey goes down. Bowles wasn't really practicing. Would you play either of these guys on Friday? Johnson, Bowles, McGlinchey, which are... All three. No. you. I wouldn't play any of them. I don't think so. Would I, you play I, Justin Simmons? I don't think so. If he's struggling All with right. the groin, yeah, we got to take some time to make sure this thing is completely Would calm down. Would you play down. Randy Gregory? <sighs> That's different. Randy yeah, Gregory's I, healthy. I, well... I get it. Randy Gregory looked good at practice. I, I watched him specifically. He's been great. He was looked really good. He looked explosive. He looks long. He looks aggressive. He so looks does, fast. Does he need need the game? I think so. I'm, oh, okay. I, I, am, right, a, I am a right. fan of the preseason. Yeah, okay. All right. I think the preseason is important. And, again, it's more than just make sure I have my assignment down and I know what to do. It's also you need some of those reps to learn how to protect yourself. So if Randy Gregory, who has injury issues, oddly it sounds weird to say he needs to play to protect himself. But I've always found that, you know, the first preseason game, my tackling form wasn't quite right. My aiming points, I put my body in awkward positions versus by game three, I've worked those kinks out. Now I can go out there in game one where football is going to be much faster than anything we did in training camp and play at a high speed and keep myself safe. Hey, is there a code about hitting starting quarterbacks in preseason games? No. <laughs> no? Uh, no. You got a shot, take it? Oh, I blasted uh, Peyton Manning in the preseason game. I did a spin move on Tara Glenn, chopped the ball to Peyton's hand, and sacked him. What, man? Y'all, your all pros and pro bowls didn't matter to me in the preseason. Hey, who is that cat today? You're like, this guy has no chance on this drill. He's not uh, Christopher Allen. Is that right? Yes. Yes. That was pretty funny. <laughs> Chad sit next to me goes, this guy, this guy is not, this is not going to go well for him. And we're just, sure enough, he goes into the tackle, whoever it was. And, I mean, it was like, wow, that uh, that didn't work. Christopher Allen, outside linebacker, going against an offensive tackle, one-on-one pass rush drill. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Allen couldn't decide what leg he wanted up, his left leg or his right leg. He couldn't figure if he wanted his hand in the dirt or not. Right. Is he, was he two-point? Was he three-point? Left leg up, right leg up? If you got all that uncertainty <laughs> just going into a one-on-one pass rush, I know you don't have a plan to execute during the snap. This guy is confused. He ran right, right into the <laughs> offensive tackle. No deception. Ran directly into him, and the offensive tackle grabbed his shoulder pads, bear hugged him, and that was the end of the rep. No shot. Uh, too much. All right. I'm the trash man. <laughs> I got some choices here. What you these, got? These are all long rust cuts. They they all well they all need don't stop believing. As long as it's don't stop believing, it's playing underneath it. I think it's going to be great. All right. I'll give you your choice then. Um, Russ on learning from Sean Payton. Russ on the offensive line. Russ on the offensive coaching staff. They're all. They all need a little. Yeah, yeah. Which one? I, I'm leaning towards the offensive line because it's just fun to hear him rattle names off. It's like a Russ challenge. <laughs> right, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna play five seconds without it. Five seconds without it, and then we'll. So this is without it. You know, watching uh, the toughness of the offensive line. Um, watching our communication of the guys. I think uh, Kush has done an amazing job. Of- All right, we get it, right? Mm-hmm. Now check this out. You know, watching uh, uh, the so toughness much better already. of the offensive line. 
Um, watching our communication of the guys. I think uh, Kush has done an amazing job of communicating left to right. I think Bowles it looks tremendous, and he looks really athletic right now. He's feeling great. Um, you know, I, I think having big big powers in there, man, a guy who's played the highest level at the guard position in the National Football League, um, to have him in there, and, but also have him in the locker room and his toughness, his thought process, how he goes about practice. Um, you know, I think Big Quinn, you know, he's had his best offseason yet, and he always has a great one. And I'm really excited to see his growth and development, everything that he's doing. He's he's as strong as it gets and as tough as it gets. And then Big McGlinchey, man, he's um, he's a true leader. He's a true champion, the guy that's played at the highest level at the right tackle position, played against the best of the best, has seen it all. There's nothing that he hasn't seen and experienced. So I think the experience and the knowledge and the thought process and the edge that our offensive line has, it really sets the tone for the whole, for the whole team. And I think that when you have those five guys up front like we do, uh, we're really excited about that and uh, really excited about our running game and passing game, all the things that we can do. Uh, but more importantly, the men that we have and the leaders that we have at, the, at that position. Dude, that's... I found it. We found it. We, we found it. It's Russell Wilson, and we're not stopping believing. I got more. Do you want more? Do you want more? Do you want to hear Russ about the two-minute situation in practice? Yeah, we've done a really great job in those cement situations, I feel like, for the most part, in terms of, you know, really executing when we need to. Um, you know, Coach does a great job. Coach Payne does a great job of putting us in situations that we're going we're gonna to have to win, you know, and, and, and be in, in these close games. And obviously, you know, last year we felt like we didn't we able to capitalize on some of those, and this is a great opportunity to really establish, you know, how we're going to go about it in our thought process. Woo! Come on! Who's not pumped up now? Come on, Chad! I'm pumped. I'm pumped! That was great! Russ what? got me pumped! Then you brought me down saying he was going to be sacked when he got Mims today for a clutch, you know, moment. I've got to give the D-line their shout-out. Why are you... Randy well, Gregory and Nick Bonito why are you the backup offensive tackles. Here's Russ talking about picking Peyton Manning's brain. Yeah, of course. You know, um, you know, Peyton's been a... You know, Peyton Manning's been a, a mentor for me. Uh, for many years, um, a guy that I've really looked up to, how he's gone about his business, how he's gone about um, the game of football. Um, you know, he's a top echelon when it comes to uh, quarterbacks in the game of football, obviously, and what he's done um, you know, is truly remarkable. But he's a better person, you know, and I think that's that's what makes him great. Um, obviously, he's such an um, important figure to not just um, the country, but obviously the, country. Uh, the, the city of Denver and how much he means. So I, I really rely on him a lot just to pick his knowledge about the game of football, but just more. And then we're both competitors, man. We're both the guys who love to win. And we've done a lot of winning over our careers, but as a guy that I've always looked up to since I was little. <sighs> since he was little, you said? I don't know. But country. Hey, man, and I got this story about Peyton Manning and MPJ and how to pick up chicks that is off the charts. I mean, Michael Porter Jr. talked to Peyton Manning about picking up girls. I'm sorry, what? Thank God we have Journey, Russell Wilson, and America. 1043 The Fan. Training Camp 2023, Lincoln Tech. Put your potential to work. Presents The Drive. James Merrillat from DenverSports.com joins us. Chad Brown. 
KJ and Drew. What's up, James? What's up, fellas? Hey, James. Nice to talk to you, pal. Hey, uh, listen, before we get into other things, I gotta play... I gotta just play you guys a segment of the Michael Porter Jr. podcast. Now, you could have knocked me over with a feather to, to just tell me that Michael Porter Jr., who I really like, obviously, future Hall of Famer, um, has a podcast. Yeah. Doesn't seem like the guy that would, but okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, and I like Michael Porter Jr. quite I a bit. I do, too. But it's like, first of all, Chad and James, guys, I'm not sure why you have a podcast when you make, like, $40 million a year. Like, you know, I'm well, not sure. in it for the money. Well, clearly, but, no. like, um, I guess it's just something that you're into. And, and apparently he's more interested in having conversations with people than we thought. I mean, he's a very mild-mannered, quiet guy. He's not the type that I would have thought was, like, you know, ready to become a part of the media, but more power to him. Absolutely. I support it 100%. Then I look at it, and the name of the podcast is Curious Mike. Now, KJ, you knew about this podcast? You had heard about it before? I did. How many episodes have there been? I I don't know how many, but he hasn't. he's just starting it back up here in the summertime. Because the last time he did it, it was back in 2021. Well, but this conversation he had with Peyton Manning was recorded before, like, the playoffs last year. The basketball playoffs. Mm -hmm. But it's just coming out now? Yeah. There you go. Chad, what is it with the podcast? I don't know. Why why do people even care? It's a thing, man. You know, just... But just think about five years ago. You know, now, before you... Somebody had an article, you would rather read the article than watch the video. Now, where everyone skips the article and watches the video, the consumption has changing. So podcasts are a thing, man. It's not my thing just yet, but they are a thing. Oh, no doubt about it. I'm oh, watching the, uh, the, the Playmakers podcast. A good Get? It's out of sight. It's off the charts, Good Get. Right. It's like, right. It's a, in the converse, it reminded me of that old skit with, uh, this goes back a few days few years. Remember when Chris Farley would have the Chris Farley talk show yeah. and he would interview Paul McCartney? He was like, yeah. remember when you were with the Beatles? That was awesome. <laughs> it's, it kind of it kind of reminded me of that. Like, so Peyton Manning's there. The angle was odd. Like, Peyton's shorts were, like, too short. It was, like, way too much thigh. The lighting was nice. That's curious, Mike. It looks like it's in his house because it's, you know, you can see, like, the room. It really felt like... I don't know, man. Like, like it was that Chris Farley show, but it was a great get. And I gotta tell you, I watched the whole the whole thing. It was such a different interview of Peyton Manning. And I think Peyton was trying to help him out. You know, Peyton was trying to be a good guy, and, and because of that, I thought it was pretty interesting. Here's here's a clip of it. How did you um? So how did you meet your wife? You said her name's Ashley. Stop yeah, for a second. Stop yeah. for a second. <laughs> what a question! Oh. That is such a great question. Poorly phrased, but a good question. I don't care how he phrased it. Who of us, if we had Peyton Manning as a guest, would actually ask Peyton Manning how he met his wife? None of us. None no. of us. No, that, he was here for. He played for four years. He's been around town for five. Has anybody heard that question asked? I have not. No, I mean, it was, I love it. Because mm-hmm. nobody nobody would ever think to, because it would be too rude or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. But Michael Porter Jr. is so kind of innocent. Right. The way he asked the question, it's like, it's, it's not offensive. It was great. All right, go, go ahead. Keep going. 
Gosh, How'd you know uh, she was the one? So, How'd you know she um, was the one? You know, we, we met it. She didn't go to Tennessee. She, uh, she went to University of Virginia, and uh, we met there, and I was a freshman and kind of agreed to have a kind of a date later in the year and uh, just kind of went from there. You know, dated all through college. And Honestly, I say that all the time. Like, it's, it's ideal to meet the girl earlier on. Like, you met her in college, you said, before everything. Right. That's the yeah. problem nowadays is, like, <laughs> you, you, like, you make it, and then it's hard to figure out and navigate that. So I, get that. I get that, yeah. I, I love it. I love it. I don't like it. I love it. Are you kidding me? I think that is just phenomenal. I'm here for the Michael Porter Jr. interviews <laughs> day in, too. day out. Now, that's a that's a great get. I'm curious who the next guest is. I you don't gotta, care. He can talk to the doorman as far as I'm concerned. Well, I don't know. We'll we'll see. You got to follow that up with another A-lister. That's a that's a that's a good one, but you got to you got to back it up. How did it even happen? He got paid because it's like at his house and how does he know pain? Like, how does he? I, I don't know. I'm, I've got so many questions. But people know people. Are you kidding me? People know people. I just thought it was fantastic. Good for Payne for doing it. Good for Michael Porter Jr. I'm officially a fan. So that was great. Wait, is he going to the Podcasting Hall of Fame as well? I mean, he's on his way. Fair question. He's know? on his way. Who, who, yeah. is, who, he a, yeah, is he a superstar episodes? podcaster? They come out every two years like clockwork, it sounds like. <laughs> Just like his jump shot. All right. Nah, I'm joking. I love him. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Give me 15 years. James, uh, big takeaways from today. Uh, the offense is looking better. All the hand-wringing was much ado about nothing, that you were concerned about how the offense looked on August 2nd. It's a process. It's gotten better and better and better. They look good today. Russ looks great. So there's plenty of seats available whoa, whoa, on the bandwagon. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Hold on. Time out. Russ looks great. great? Yeah. You did. You look great. You okay. look great. There was, wasn't a wasn't a. Yeah, I mean, now we're getting to the point where we're criticizing his completions. Oh well, that went through someone's hands. It's like, well, Jerry Judy caught it and ran down the sideline. So, uh, I mean, if we're going to criticize his completions, then we're just completely at another level here. So I thought he looked great. I, there wasn't a thing Russ did today that I would have been critical of. So Can't all wait to see him on Friday. All the hand wringing in your mind is done. All the questions about Russ is done. It is official. He is as good to go and on his path to being the NFL comeback player of the year. Well, I think I don't I wouldn't say all of it is done. If they go out on Friday and they go three and out four times, then, yeah, there's cause for concern. I think last week being worried about it and, you know, D-Mac writing his, hey, when can we worry about Russ? Well, the answer is Friday night. If he, if he looks terrible, then we can start to ask some questions. But um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a process. And I, I thought. Uh, Joel Lombardi had the right answer today. He's at the he's at a really good place for August eighth. That's um, that's where he should be. So it's it's a build. It's not going to be perfect day one. We're all shooting for September tenth. So let's uh, let's make sure the trajectory is going that direction. Whereas last year it was flat. Right, we we got nothing until the Cowboys rolled in for joint practices, and all of a sudden we got a little bit of a positive blip. Then no appearances in preseason. So I, I think this is a much better sort of uh, graph if you were if you were plotting it than what we saw a year ago. Okay, I'm happy to see, hear you modify that quite a bit because we went from Russ was great, then it, it became was today. it was great today. For what he needed to be on August 8th, yes. Okay, and I, I saw some issues out there, but I would agree with you. He was better than what he was last week when all this hand-wringing was going on. And I did my six hours of radio, and every 15 minutes I had to ask answer questions about, you know, is he washed and done forever or is he going to you know be back on the hall of fame track and i was like well let's just kick that can on the road to see where he's at next week now i get a chance to see him today 
He's definitely better. Things are trending in the right direction. But in my mind, there are still some issues that plagued him during the season that showed up again today, like bypassing open receivers, looking for a deeper throw down the field and forcing the ball into an incompletion instead of taking the easy completion for five or seven yards. Yeah, I get it. But, I mean, look, we had Teddy two yards for a year. We had, you know, Case Keenum, who, oh, good, we went eight straight days during training camp. What does Case Keenum and and Teddy Bridgewater have to do with Russell Wilson this year? I'm over the guy that just takes the check down all the time, you know, captain What what is you being over anything have to do with a quarterback taking what the defense gives him? Push the ball downfield a little bit, especially in practice, right, because we had – Case Keenum, and it was, you know, eight days in a row, nine days in a row, ten days in a row without a pick in practice. Who cares? And then he goes out in the games, and it was just a disaster. So I, I just, you know, he, he – and whether or not Randy Gregory would have sacked him today, I don't know. It's practice, but he still was able to move to his right, and Marvin Mims going downfield, and he hits him right in stride. Like, okay, that's the big play. That's the stuff we thought we were getting out of Russell Wilson when the trade was made. He also stood in the pocket and made some throws. The the touchdown to Cortland Sutton was a – uh, a beautiful throw. So was it perfect? No. And I'm sure they'll go up and, you know, look at the film and, and some of those plays you're t- talking about, Chad, it would, it would be, Hey, this would be a better decision here. That's okay. That's what, that's, that's why you have practice. I don't have, a, I don't have an issue with that, but I'm never going to be upset with a big time quarterback trying to make big time throws instead of just being a game manager. I am, I am over the, uh, the, the seven years of game managers. All right, so you're feeling optimistic about things. Yes, I've and been driving the bandwagon for months, so I just hope more people climb on board. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay open. You can jump on, you know, all the way till January. I think I'll close it down come wild card weekend. Well, I think they're going to be successful because what I've watched in camp is they've made adjustments to help Russ out. Uh-huh. And, and it is, and I, I, you know, I asked Chad, and I'll throw it to you, James, is Justin Simmons just much more valuable than we thought? Is he... Is he not Patrick Sertan, is Justin Simmons really, truly the most important part of that defense? Well, I mean, I think that's part of it. I mean, he didn't play today. Obviously, K1 Williams wasn't out there. I, the pass rush is the most important part of that defense. When they're getting after people, and it's, you know, Randy Gregory has looked really good. Frank Clark at times. Jonathan Cooper's looked good. We haven't even seen Baron Browning out there. But when they're able to just collapse the pocket on Russell Wilson or anybody else, all of a sudden that, that defense is going to be pretty good. But if he has time to throw or the opposition has time to throw during the regular season, it ain't going to matter what, what they have back there in the secondary. So that has been the biggest issue is the Broncos' offensive line's inability to block. Um, it was a concern today because it was no Bolsey. McGlinchey went out. Yep. That that becomes that becomes troublesome, so keep an eye on that. I, I don't know. I mean, Bowles didn't practice last Friday. He didn't practice today. When he has been out there, it's been a little bit of, you know, 2019 Bolsey, not uh, not the guy that got the the big contract. So that that would be something to keep an eye on. And that's a bit of a worry. I'll tell I'll tell you this too, <laughs> and I I I guess I'm a little surprised by it, but Ben DiNucci's been playing better than Jared Stidham <laughs> for whatever that's worth. So and, and Russ has clearly been better, in my opinion, than than either quarterback. Yeah, I've been I have been surprised. To see, there's a lot of create creativity with uh, Danucci, uh, a lot of athleticism. He makes very quick decisions. Mm-hmm. He just, you know, he's just trapped with the threes on threes. Like he hasn't had a shot to run that two minute drill in the. I think they've done it three or four practices here. So not that it matters that much. I get it. I'm not focused on the backup quarterback position, but it's just been noticeable out there. That's all. Yeah, Do you guys but- agree? 
Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. He's more. He's a more accomplished quarterback, though. Like he may not be more talented than yeah, Jared no Sim, but he's more accomplished. And the reality is, guys, if 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 we get to the point where the Jarrett Stidham or Ben DiNucci reps are coming into play for a significant period of time during the regular season, we are on Caleb Williams' watch at that point. Um, I'm not sure about that. I mean, come on. Jarrett Stidham, I know you're a Jarrett Stidham guy, but it's a no, fumble I'm, snap I'm almost def- every I'm, single day. I'm it's not a, a Jarrett Stidham guy. Why, why would you think I'm a Jarrett pick. Stidham guy? Well, you thought that the, the signing was you know, this master plan by Sean Payton, and he's going to be the guy that they're turning it over to in week nine, and you know, it's it's. Well, I think there's another plan. I don't think it's the master plan. I think there's a plan, though. If they, I don't think they're move, just going to go down with the ship this year, James. If they have to move on from Russell Wilson, the quarterback next year is either someone they're going to draft or he's currently on the 49ers roster. Yeah, but I just don't think they're just going to give up on the season. So no matter what, I mean, if, if they may not give up on it, but if you have to play multiple games with either one of those guys, you you might as well wave the white flag. Oh, I, I wow. Why do you say that? You still have your pass rush. They've they've had they've developed this like little dink and dunk offense that a lot of guys can can run. We we've seen um who's number twenty there? Uh help me out. The fullback. Burden. Burden. Michael Burden. Yeah. Be pretty effective. Uh I don't I don't know what it's so if Russ has a, a high ankle in week three and they're you know, the season's over if 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 uh, Sidham or Danucci has to fill in for four games, really? Mm, I don't know about four, but much beyond four, I think that becomes the case. I mean, it, who of all the quarterbacks the Broncos have had since Peyton Manning, which one of them was not better than Jarrett Stidham? Of all the same. Teddy Bridgewater was, Drew Locke was, Trevor Simeon was, Joe oh, I, I don't was. know about that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're plowing yeah. through it. You know, you, you, so who was he, he he's not? Got the same basic stats as Paxton Lynch. In terms of winning, you know, wins and losses. Man, you're, you're, the, the degree that you're all in with Russell Wilson sort of discounts like some other pretty talented guys out there, James, and the yeah, creativity I'm, I'm of the all coaching in on the guy that for ten years was a Hall of Fame quarterback. I know. Call me crazy. Versus a guy who's what won one game. I'll tell you what I really like today because we got to talk to the coordinators today. You know what I saw in the coordinators? Level headedness. Uh, the Ben um, Kowitka, Kotwicka. The special teams guy, not, you know, and he's the official special teams guy, but we know, all right, whatever. He didn't seem like a lunatic. You know, it's nice to run into a special teams guy <laughs> that doesn't seem like, you know, after, yeah. you know, Brock, Brock, what's his face? Brock and Olivo. Brock Olivo and Tom McMahon and even Jody Camills was a bit of a loose wire. Right. And never mind Stooks, who was, you know, oh, my Lord. You know, so <laughs> it was nice just to have like a, you know, I thought his press conference was pretty good about special teams. I thought it was very level-headed. I thought it made sense. I thought it was composed. You know, I thought everything he said was sort of like, okay, finally it makes sense. Yeah, I thought all three of them were good today. Yeah, so I, I don't think this team is, like, sitting there like you are, James. Like, if the, if Russ goes down, the, the ship is sunk. I think there's other possibilities. I think that's good news. Well, yeah, I mean, could they coach him up and get a, a, a win or two with those guys? Sure, they could. But, I mean, if, if they have to play Jarrett Stidham for 16 games, Right, Russ starts the opener and gets hurt. How many games are they winning? They're they're in five or six game territory. They're in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes at that. Oh, I man, I don't know, dude. Really, Arizona is a disaster. Houston has almost nothing going on. They're wow. The Broncos are a four or five win team without Russ. Yeah, I mean, they were they were a five win team. Well, with, they were four win team win with 10, him. 11, or twelve with him if he plays seventeen games. If he doesn't, ten, eleven, or twelve. If he doesn't, they win four. Yeah, 
That's what happens when you lose a Hall of Fame quarterback. Wow. You, it, things fall off the face of the earth. How, how can I just have a reasonable, you know, conversation without being so radicalized here, Chad? What, what, what am I? What, what am I? What am I? What, where am I? I'm at a loss for words. Where, where's James <laughs> coming from with some of this? I'm at a loss for words. I'm it's, throwing out. Last year was the Russian judge with Russell Wilson's career. You got to chuck it out. So we're we just need to, you know, what's the what's the little pen thing they have in Men in Black? We just have to wave that in front but, of our uh, eyes. James, act, the, act the, like no, no, it, it, but it did happen. It did happen. Yeah, but it was it was because it was the worst coach team in NFL yeah, history. But, but James, Sean Payton was right about that. I do love you, but the way you're talking, it would it, it would make it sound like every single second Russ isn't on the field to play, like the team falls apart. And that just has not happened in training camp. I'm not saying it's, like, spectacular without him, but I'm not saying that, like... What do you think the... What's their over-under in Vegas right now? Eight and a half. Yeah, all right, I'll give it to you. Russ, gosh, heaven forbid, knock on wood, right? If something happens on Friday night in Arizona, what do you think that plummets to if it's... I have no idea. I mean, obviously, you think it's, like, four. Four four and a half? It feels right. It would plummet. Okay, I, I'd just like to give the so team a little bit more credit, with, I guess. With Russ, hammer the over. Eight and a half is, like, that's free money. And you'd be you'd be hemming and hawing. So you think he looks that him. much better than everything else going on out there without him? Really? Like his, his war? His win over? Yeah. Uh, uh, really? Yeah. He's a, he's, a, wow. he's, he's a difference maker. What am I watching, Chad? Just watch the play he made today when he rolls to his right and hits Marvin Mims. Well, Chad said he got sacked. Chad, Chad, said, Chad said he got sacked. Oh, Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Randy Gregory never misses a tackle. Randy Gregory never whiffs on anybody. I can, I can guarantee you who would have got tackled on that play. Number four, he would have 100% got tackled. Brett Favre? Because he, he did later in, the, later in the day trying to make the exact same play. He has no escapability. The, the, the lack of appreciation for what Russell Wilson can do, and I get it. We didn't get to see it last year. It was an unmitigated disaster. But again, you got to throw it out. It's the Russian judge. And we're no, going to start to see it on week. Well, we may see a little bit of it on Friday night. You can't throw it out, man. You can't will throw it out. You can't throw it out. we got to wrap it up with James. we got to wrap it up with all right, James. Just, all right, let I it mean, go. Let it go. Let I'm it just, go, Chad. I'm just presenting Katrina and the Waves walking on sunshine for Take James Barlatt. I mean, uh, this is this is James. It's a it's a different side of James. I'm a, I'm all about the quarterback, and they have one. And if we were all disappointed from a year ago. I get it, but to think Jarrett Stidham is even in the same conversation as Russell Wilson is is just laughable. I get it. I just said that Ben DiNucci looks better than Stidham. Well, Ben DiNucci's the starter. The over under is three and a half. <laughs> James Merrillat, presented by Sunshine Lollipops. And puppy dogs. Thank you, James. We'll talk See to you. you. Fellas. See you, James. Hey.